Hi guys, welcome to Ghosted Stories. It's Chelsea. It's Aaron. And this is a very special on a very special <laughs> episode. We have like real soft music for our intro this time. <laughs> I should bring the bed music back. Just imagine <laughs> Please if don't. You, but just imagine like just a Vaseline lens on this whole episode. No, yes. that's I don't want to cheapen her experience. <laughs> no, exactly. I know. We said we're like, let's do a really just like like efficient in and out that's like just very, you know, serious and then we're already being assholes. We can't. But um but in all sincerity, we do we're not gonna do any topical shit or any listener emails this week because we have a friend of a friend of mine. She actually is called in and she told us a, a very, very personal story mm-hmm. uh that she wanted to share with our audience this week. So without further ado, here she is. All right, we're really excited for our ghosted stories guest today. Her mm-hmm. story is such that needs to be heard that she is actually our first call-in guest because she's calling in from another state. She's not local here in New York City, but her story needs to be brought to the Ghosted Stories audience so badly that I was like, we got to get her here any way we can. I'm super excited. And and this is going to be exciting too because I'm moderately familiar with the tale, but Erin... I'm 100% cold. She's coming in cold, so her reactions are going to be real time, just like yours. So welcome on the phone. Joining us, we have Jen, everybody. Yay! Yay! Hi, hi, ladies. Thanks for calling. (laughs) Well, thank you so much for calling us. Yeah. Very exciting. I'm just excited that I figured out the the technology of having you call in. You did it. I'm so proud of you. Do I have the resources for this? Do I have it turned out? I just needed like one cord, but it was like very confusing for a few for a few hours. Um, Okay, so Jen, we are really excited that you're calling in. Do you want to give us before actually you give us we want to hear a little bit of your brief life story and then of course your ghosted story. But first, Aaron, tell Jen what we do here on Ghosted Stories. What do we do? We do where we people she, she describes oh. what she's like. I oh love yeah, how every week. This is like how <laughs> atrophied or like how much like wine has just like seeped into the, the crevices of her brain that every week it's like a rebirth. We're just really excited to be here. I never remember anything. Um, well, I thought you were like describe what the podcast is. I'm like, all right, well, Jen knows, and I hope our listeners figure it out real quick. <laughs> No, that's not what we do every week. Um, So every week, just so that people get a real great, clear picture of their mind, we always ask our guest who would play them in the life story of them. So so that our audience can envision you at home, Jen. So who do you who do you get? Um, I have gotten in the past, and probably no one even remembers this actress that much, but Parker Posey. Oh, yeah. That's a good mm-hmm. one. That's a really good one. All right. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. Yeah. That was maybe like the easiest um, who would play you in the life story in the movie of your life yeah. ever. Yeah. I think I'll some people one. like constantly get that they look like somebody mm-hmm. and then other people just never. Or like I never look like anybody. Yeah. I like a Parker yeah. Posey. That's a good doppelganger. Okay, cool. So yeah. tell us then a little bit. Just give our audience some context for yourself. Like sort of what do you do? What's your current life situation? Maybe just some mm-hmm. brief like relationship history broad stroke sort of like where you were when the story began yeah I think okay sure so I'm 34 years old right now and I moved back to my hometown um after a very fun seven year stint in New York City Mm. I worked uh, uh, sorry to interrupt you Jen but just I forgot to give the audience context too so Jen is a friend of a friend we have a mutual close friend so that's how we met here in New York we met here in New York so that's how we're introduced years ago yeah go on Jen Exactly. Yeah. So 
Um, I work currently in marketing for a Fortune 500 company, Ooh. and um, yeah, so exciting. Um, <laughs> corporate communications mainly. And when this story started, I was 27 years old, and I had had one major relationship before. It was kind of a high school slash college boyfriend. And, you know, then I was in New York, just kind of doing casual dating, fun, not really finding um, a lot of commitment, which was very common in my 20s. Mm-hmm. And I was, in fact, ghosted before. It was actually a guy I dated who was a coworker who pursued me kind of hard. And we did it rather successfully, I thought, for like two months. We went on a lot of dates and a lot of fun. And then he got a new job and I never heard from him. So oh my God. <laughs> that was like a minor trauma, but... Also, there were some like religious differences that it wasn't okay. it was never going to work out long term. The writing was so I don't know. I was kind of yeah, twenty five. So I kind of moved on to the next thing, and yes. I was having fun. And then I knew in the back of my mind I was always going to move back to my hometown, which is you know several hundred miles away. So I didn't want to actually get too attached. So you know, I just kind of had some fun, and um, you know, and then I was I moved back. It kind of did you know, casual dating, uh, and then you know, then I met. Well, we're going to just call him John. Or oh, yes, right. We'll I don't know a lot of things John. I want to call him, but we'll just say he's John. <laughs> but we can't say it so, in mixed company. Sure. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so I met him when I was 27, and it was kind of, um, I guess I would like to tell people that, you know, one of the weird things about meeting him is he kind of, like, came out of nowhere, like, kind of out of left field. Mm. I was working in a newspaper at the time, and I had written a call about my experiences moving back to my hometown after living in New York, and he was living out of state and wrote me this long email about how he thought it was such a great article and I seemed really neat. And uh, I wrote back and I really thanked him. I said, oh, you know, in his email, he said, well, I'd like to move back to town too at some point. And I thought, oh, if, you know, if you're ever in town and you want to talk about, you know, what it's like moving back after many years away, you let me know. Oh, well, and, so he reached out to you yeah. just uh, just by reading yeah. your article. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which I thought was kind of cool. And everyone always loved this story yeah. that yeah. somehow, you know, but I really realized, like, this is kind of what he does. He's like a predator that, Ugh. you know, long story short, he kind of Googled my name. And I have an uncle who has, like, a ton of money, but, like, I don't. <gasps> so and he you kind know of thought for that, sure like, that's why, or are you just conjecture? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This story and, um, took a turn. Jesus. Yeah, but, like, at the time, well, yeah. So, But was he from your town, town, too? originally and then his family had moved away and lived okay. in other places because of the family's job but he was living actually yeah like several states away um at the time so yeah i told him if you're ever in town just let me know and he reached out a while later and then we met up yep so do you think that i mean i'm getting already too deep in the weeds there's much more to tell but do you think that he I mean, just he happened to be reading the article and just was like, oh, who's this girl? Googled your name. And then was like, oh, hello, rich family. Uh, or do you think he, by some other means, heard of you or Googled your name and then was like, oh, I'm going to use the article? It's neither here nor there. It doesn't matter. I'm just like, I want, mm-hmm. I'm, tr- <laughs> I'm trying yeah, to the see former. the well, yeah, I mean, picture. Yeah, later, like, as I tell the story, like, I think he's always on the lookout for women Got and it. people... He's like really the most opportunistic leech that you'll ever meet in your life. And I think he did read the article and there was a picture of me and, you know, it was, it was a cute picture. It's like a really nice picture. And, and, you know, I was young and he could see that. And I think he kind of Googled it and like, you know, learned my life story that way. Absolutely. Got it. And then Mm -hmm. he was like, this one seems ripe for the picking. (laughs) Yeah. And yeah. So when I met him, I had just broken up with a guy that I had really liked for quite a while and, you know, it was a short relationship, 
and I was kind of bummed out. So I was like kind of in a low point, yeah, and I was like vulnerable. kind of I was vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Exactly. How long you, yeah, had you was, been home by the when you met him? Uh, maybe two years, year and okay. a half, year and a half. Yeah, okay. not too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we met up at a bar one night, and I just I would like to like stress if you ever meet up with someone and you get a gut feeling and so you feel like something's off, I would say. I'm very much encouraging people to honor it. And there's a book called The Gift of Fear Hell, that talks all about this. Yes, it. Gavin DeBecker. Oh, I think like yeah. when gr- little girls learn to read, they should learn to read from that book. Just yes. like we need to Absolutely. know immediately. This yes. is the most important thing. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So so you had what were your, could you like articulate what you felt or was it just a general uneasiness? You know, from the moment I met him, we were supposed to meet and he was sitting with this other really creepy guy that is a creeper in my town. And um, he, I remember, like, when I walked in, I sat down, and I was like, where is this guy? And I remember he looked over at me, like, real sideways glance, and then looked away and then texted me, which I thought was kind of weird. Like, normal people kind of come up, and there was, like, looking back now, it's 2020, but um, he was, it's, like, it seemed like he, like, we had this instant connection, sort of, like, um, he kind of, like, laid his whole life story and made me feel like, oh, we have so much in common. And mm. one thing I do remember is he didn't really break his gaze. It was very intense. Mm. So I thought, wow, you must really like me or something. Um, you know, it was just, he was a very intense person. And he was in town for something. Like, he claimed he had some business, which, like, I've never really been able to verify. <laughs> um, but he said that, you know, it was hard in the economy, just like back when it recession was happening and he was looking for new opportunities and he thought you know he did this work with a local museum in town and he was organizing something i mean it's also shady in retrospect but like at the time if you were there um because you know like i'm just going to say it right now he's a, a, a very he is a psychopath and mm-hmm. wow. this whole relationship follows um there's three patterns in a psychopathic relationship it's um you know first they like build you up and they make you feel like you're like the greatest thing they've ever met yeah. and then they Love start mommy. to yeah, love bomb you, and this is exactly what happened. He's like, when can we meet up, blah, blah, blah. You know, he insisted on, like, taking me out. And he's, oh, there's this restaurant, this diner I really want to go to. We want to take you. And he showed up with flowers. And it was, like, wow, so yeah. over the top. But, I mean, like, I had never really experienced anything like this because I had normal relationships. So it felt kind of amazing. And I was sure. at a low point. And yeah. he, he is a reasonably good-looking guy. I mean, he's tall. He's fit. Um, you know, now I look at him and repulsive right but, but yeah, yeah the the time, time, like, like, this is how it should be you're like yes yeah. like it feels over the top but also isn't this what right. like finally someone is seeing how fucking amazing i am like yeah, yeah you know exactly but this is like why like i would never let my daughter watch disney movies but i think this this is like my whole other feminist agenda oh. but like when we were taught that we're like to be swept off our feet we're a real if you really want a good relationship that is a fairy tale you get to know the person yes right and yes. you know you work through things but so you know we, we did some stuff over the weekend and you know i remember when he was leaving she's like i've never met anyone like you and you know so we started like talking on the phone long distance and you know he claimed that he wanted to look for a job here and you know something opened up um in his field and so you know we were talking for about five weeks and we ended up meeting up halfway at one point and i remember though that weekend like there was something about him that I just like, again, I couldn't put my finger on it, but I remember, and I didn't want to admit it to myself, but I felt like a sense of relief when I could get away from him. And I thought it was just, yeah, I just thought it would be, you know, it was kind of like another magical weekend. He like loved to go places and, you know, be high flyer. And like, he was a member of all these private clubs, which didn't add up because he didn't have a lot of money. Right. I don't know. It was just weird, but like stuff that I couldn't put my finger on necessarily, or he would just be, 
I don't know, he, he seems to like be fascinated with people with money. And he would ask about my mm-hmm. uncle and stuff. And he, he like befriended this elderly gentleman with a lot of money. And the guy kind of took him under his wing and took him to all these like very exclusive clubs and even let him stay at his house. Like, so he's like kind of. Yeah, and but the way he put it, he's like, you know, people at my age never understood me. And another thing that they did was like he was very much um, like in victim mode, and I'm an empath. Mm-hmm. Which I've learned mm-hmm. a lot about things like since I've gone on, and I'm Girl. very compassionate, and my heart is like very open, and I'm also Christian, so I always believe in like second chances, which I don't really, I do believe in second chances, but like to a limit. So you know, he was telling me stories about how he didn't have. I just had, like, so much to say about this, but, you know, you he talked about how hard he had it. All the time. He, he, like, had a hard time in college making friends, and he was lonely about this. And, you know, I have to also say to the women listening, and the men, too, anybody that doesn't have long-term friends, run. Yes. And this is a pattern I've seen in every relationship that has, like, gone south with people. And he, like, just didn't seem to have any connections, really. Like, you know, he had this one person in Rhode Island that he was living, you know, he knew. But it was like, he kind of like 80 something years old. And it was just weird. He didn't have any friends. Right, like where and... you're... So, okay. So yeah. So not having long-term connections, big red flag, in, but not Moved one that you lot. would necessarily grab onto at the time. I mean, it's like but, you, you recognize yeah. it as a bit in like off, but, but I don't think unless we've been through the experience, we don't always have the tools to be like, Oh, actually no. this could be a danger red flag of danger. It's just kind of like, yeah. Oh, that's odd. Yeah. Right. So I guess what was things, your, you I'm sorry. Uh-huh. Like, what was your thought process at the time? Because I think looking back, you definitely like see the signs. But at the time, were you like, "Oh, he seems like a great guy. Like, I'm really excited about it." Like you said, you felt relieved when he wasn't around. I'm just, yeah, uh, yeah wondering point. what your like mental state was yeah. like as it was happening. Well, okay, so I, I mean, I did like we did have a lot of good times together. Like, yeah. there was something about him that was like different that, it, that was very appealing, and he was good looking. And, um, you know, he could act normal sometimes. And, you know, I think that he just, he's like such a master manipulator that he always knew mm-hmm. what to say to me. And like I remember like if I was having trouble with another relationship in my life, like he was always so quick to take my side. But now I look, it's like he, whenever he could see um, an opportunity to drive a wedge between like me and my family, that's like why he did that. Yes. And Ugh. a lot of my relationship, like by the end of the relationship, I was like in my own prison because I used to have a lot of friends. And I remember telling him one time, I said, you know, every time we go out, it's always to these events, and it's just acquaintances and small talk. I used to have real friends, yeah. and and he got mad at me about that. And you know, I, I just watched over the years as like people kind of dropped off, or because I went into my own world a little bit. But I mean, this was a five year relationship, oh, and um, wow. I just want to say that like I'm not a dumb person. Like no, I actually am. Yeah. Like wh- like like it sounds like oh you know like oh who gets conned like the elderly or naive. I mean, I'm an Ivy League grad. I moved to New York by myself. Yeah. I have my own business. Um, you know, I'm, I'm a feminist. And so like, this can happen to anyone. And that's mm-hmm. like another message I want to put out there is like, anyone can fall under this. And it sounds crazy. But, you know, over the years, like, he just knew how to get me hooked in. I don't mm-hmm. know how to explain it. And, you know, the way he treated me toward the end, I would have never put up with at the beginning. But it's like, you know, mm-hmm. that frog, they tell you about like in the water. And if you turn up the temperature one degree, they don't yes. realize they're boiling to death. Yes. And that's kind of how it was with me. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you want to make it work. Were... You, you're like, I'm this deep yeah. in. I'm going to make it work. And I'm going to, and like yeah. you said, you're an empath and you're just like looking for them the way to make it work right. because you now do love this person, even if, yeah. And yeah, yeah. you're making and small he... concessions at the beginning. Yeah. And then it's got to the point where I've made these big concessions so I can make a little bigger concession. And then you're in yeah. someplace right. you never imagined you could be. But totally. I know it has yeah. nothing to do with somebody's intelligence or. 
gullibility or anything. It has nothing to do with the person at all. Absolutely not. And that's why, yes, I love and I wanted you to tell the story in this podcast. None of us should think that we are like beyond... Yeah, being manipulated by a person like this. So anyways. Yeah, especially, yeah if you're a caring person, I mean, especially if you have, like, a big heart and you just, mm-hmm. you know, you're always on the, like, you know. So anyways, you know, we're progressing along. I mean, this relationship lasted five years. And, um, you know, we're moving along. But, you know, whenever we talk about commitment, like, he doesn't, you know, he thinks he's too young for that and kind of pushes how, how inside. Was he? Was, how, you, well, you know, that's like another thing, too. Like, this is another great example. Like, they're pathological liars. So when I met him, he's like, I was like, I'm 27. He's like, uh, I'm 25 or 26. And he was, but then I realized that he was actually 25. And it was like, he's like, well, I'll be 26 in two months. And I thought, isn't that weird that you wouldn't tell me? You know what I mean? It's like a lie that's not weird enough or big enough for you to get mad about. But it's like just a, a, but it's, but it's like the little enough lie that you're kind of like, it's even just weird. You would lie about that. Right. Exactly. And I really believe like all they say about those micro expressions on people's faces because there was such a darkness that he would have sometimes. And then as soon as he realized he was getting dark, he would put on like a happy face. And one other thing, like I look back on the relationship and it was so weird, but he never laughed. Like never once did he have a laugh. Like I can't remember one time that he ever laughed because the psychopaths can only feel um, like they can only feel anger and I don't know. There's like only a very limited range of emotions and like joy is not one of them. So yeah. But um, so anyways, like, so we're dating and you know, like stuff about him, like I could tell my family kind of like didn't really like him. Um, He came on some trips with my family. My my parents are really generous. They're like, Oh, you can come on our trip and you know, get him a plane ticket and you know, tons of family meals and they'd send him home with food. And you know, we were just very open giving people in general and definitely took advantage of that. And I can get into more of that later in the relationship. But Mm -hmm. I actually, like, I caught him cheating, actually. Um, well, first, before that, yeah, I, I actually caught, like, first of all, like, he was, I saw, like, his phone was out, and, like, I couldn't help but look, and I'm not, like, a suspicious person, but he was, like, talking to this girl that had, like, who was, like, not really friends with me and not very nice, and he was saying, like, he was, like, divulging stuff about our relationship that was way too private, and he was what? helping her with, like, a political campaign that I didn't really agree with, and I was, like, it was weird. And then, so that was weird, but then, like, one night we had gone out, now we had a very, like, I don't know how to put it, but, like, a very public life. He was involved in a lot of things. He got invited to, like, a lot of events, a lot of black tie kind of things in our town. And um, even, like, the secret dance that, like, I remember he was so excited when he got invited. It was, like, for all the older, like, wealthier families of Erie, except, like, the real players, like, the ones who are, like, self-made millionaires, like, my uncle, don't even go to this. Right. So, you know, it's, like, kind of, like, for the families that are hanging on to their names, but, like, they don't really have anything going for them all the time. (laughs) I mean, not all of them, but, like, you know, there are also people that just need to be seen, and I never really liked it. Like, I'm actually really, I'm an introvert, even though I'm, I like to be, like, alone. I, you know, I I travel alone. Um, You know, this sounds makes you sound like I'm a loner, but I have a lot of friends, but I prefer, like, small groups of people that I'm close with. Sure. I going out to group relationships. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, so it was always just groups, and you know, I said, I remember time I made a joke. I'm like, here, I'll tell you about every conversation I'm going to have tonight. Hey, how are you? How's work? How's your boyfriend? <laughs> it was like the same stuff. And right. I was so exhausted because I'm kind of a deep person. And if I'm going to go out there, like, I like to be with my real friends. And right. This is like our whole life. And I was always like, I felt like all the time I was getting a dress from Rent the Runway and going out and all these pictures. Although, strangely enough, I was not allowed to post pictures on Facebook about it. <gasps> what was Facebook his account. explanation for that? 
Um, he's like, I'm very private, which is like such a lie because he was mailing pictures of himself to our newspaper like every week. Right. Like, oh, so yeah, like we had this society column by like, it's just, it's just ridiculous because our town is really not that big. <laughs> but like he loved it and he'd always have pictures and like he had this rinky dink job, but he'd always like run in about himself and it was oh just like God. over the top. Yeah. So we were always out going to this stuff and like, you know, so I caught him. So one day we were out at one of these benefits and, you know, like we were all dressed up and. And he, I just couldn't find him for like an hour. <laughs> like, and I told him, I said, you know, it's late and everyone's kind of leaving. I knew I finally get a hold of him because he's, you know, just, you know, always ingratiating himself. Always has to, you know, like, I remember we walk into a room, he'd have to scan it. Like, almost like a predator looking for like something to eat, you know? Ooh. It was like, so creepy. Yeah. And he'd always be looking like, who do I need to talk to? And I wouldn't be able to find him forever. And it was horrible. And so finally it was late at night. And I'm like, well, I think I'm ready to go home now. And he's like, well, I'm not. And I was like, well, okay, I guess we'll just walk. You know, we had separate. We should, I remember this. We had to start taking separate cars because I was like ready to turn in after three or four hours of this. Right. I said, hey, I had enough wine. I've, you know, everyone's kind of. And I never like to be that last person to leave a party. Like right. I kind of like to leave when, like, you know, like people sure. start doing their coats. And he was always the last. It was kind of embarrassing to me. So we would always take separate cars. And I was really upset about this because this was in a dangerous neighborhood and he just like let me walk by myself oh, so I got home and I was just sitting there and I just had a feeling I was like there's something not right about this and so his phone was out and he's like not a very bright individual like I he, <laughs> like he just like if you're gonna be a cheater like be better at it so I was right. like I there's like I was like I wonder what his password is and I was like yeah it's probably his old home address at home so sure enough it is oh, and I put goodness. it in and there Sherlock. were like just text messages like we this is so crazy like I went down to he went down he lived in a different state his parents were like in a different time zone state and he went home for Thanksgiving and he's like I want you to be there too and I said well I can't take off as much time as you so I'll come later and so he was like home for a couple days and I realized that like before I had come down he was like texting a woman about meeting up with her and he was talking about all the things he was going to do to her. Oh, my God. And, um, mm-hmm, yeah, and it was, like, disgusting. And then there was just other texts with other girls that, like, um, that just weren't right. Like, you know what I mean? How, and how long into the relationship was this when you finally discovered uh, this? Um, we had been dating, I think, two, two years. But oh, this wow. was, like, these were texts from a year ago. <gasps> and he, like, kept them on his phone and everything. And he, like, scheduled, like, a fancy hotel for the, these this person and I, he came home, and I remember he came home really late, and he was drunk. And he had, like, took some of the free flowers from the event and handed them to me. And I took them from his hand, and I smashed them over his head. And I started, you know, I was, like, so upset. Sure. And I told him what I saw. And the first thing he said, because he's an expert gaslighter, is, I can't believe you went through my phone. Of course. Yeah. Of course. So, like, of course I start feeling, I actually feel bad that I went through his phone. Oh, my yeah. God. And so I'm thinking, oh, my God, I'm, like, a distrustful bitch. But then I'm thinking, well, but he, but. But, but like, I would have gone through your phone if yeah. it, you know? So I remember, but I was like, you need to get the hell, because you were supposed to spend the night, and I was like, get the hell out of my house. Yeah. And um, maybe, like, I I don't know what the deal was, but he didn't have, like, a car there, so someone dropped him off. That's what it was. Like, we had shared a car ride or something, he was going to spend the night. I don't know. But I was like, I don't care how you get home, get the hell out of here. And he wouldn't leave. He was like, you're giving me a ride home. I said, all right, John, I'll give you a ride home. I walked out the door and I locked it behind me and then I ran back in and shut the door. Way to go. <gasps> nice. And then I let him out. Yeah, and he had to call a mutual friend who was a very wonderful, respectable guy and this guy had to drive him home. And so, you know, like for a week I wouldn't talk to him and, you know, this is the cre- creepy part about him is he had a very abnormal relationship with his mother and his mother happened to be in town that weekend 
and like he would talk to his mom about stuff before he would talk to me. What? Like just so weird. they were too close. Like too close. Okay. Yeah. Got it. Got mm-hmm. it. And she has this, she's a psychopath too. Now that I look at it, oh, and wow. she would like, oh yeah, she. I remember like she would get mad at him about the dumbest things, like not talk to him for a while, and hang up the phone, like just weird stuff. And she'd always like say things like, "Oh, your brother makes more money than you." And I used to feel Ew. really bad for him because she was, oh, she was so mean. She came up, I mean, my parents were so nice to him, and she. But every time she came up, I went into a depression, oh, and I, oh you know, and I, and I tried to get along with everybody, and one time, I remember I was, oh, I remember, she was like, I mean, I have this story, it just goes in so many different directions, I'm sorry, but, like, she came up, and she's like, you know, one time, I don't know, I was like, oh, that kid is loud, she's like, yeah, I don't really ever see you being a mother, and, like, just real matter <laughs> of fact, and one time, we went out to eat, and she was, like, famously cheap, like, she was the cheapest person I've ever met, and, you know, she's like, well, you know, she's like, are you guys hungry? I said, oh, I'm a little hungry, not too hungry. Well, you know, we went out to eat, and she went to order. It was like a take-up, you know, really not expensive. And um, she came back, and and there was, like, nothing for me. And she goes, well, you said you weren't hungry. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, so I just sat there. And I remember I was so pissed when I got home. And I was like, you know, I told him this. But, you know, after the cheating, okay, so the cheating, so the mother was home. And so she starts calling me saying, oh, you know, you know, you, you know, I need to talk to you. And he's not even reaching out to me at this point. And so she kind of like gaslit me. So she's, like, she's trying, you know, she's reaching out to you during this time when you caught him cheating in the text before it, he, you're even talking to him. She's reaching yeah, out. Yeah. She's to like, you know, what? and she said she knew that he was with this girl before I came to town. And she goes, the reason what? you, she's like, I didn't like that you came to town. It was too early in the relationship. And I'm thinking, yeah. it's nine months. Like I have friends who got married nine months. Yeah. You know, so, I don't know. It was like, and she's like, you know, he just needed to make sure that this was a done deal with this girl. Like, she was totally on the side. And oh she also said that, God. like, saying mean things to him, I should regret that because I can never take back mean words. Because, of course, I threw a couple F-bombs on him. I told him he was a bastard. And right. he was disgusting. Well, yeah. So, you know, and she kind of, like, guilted me into it. And, like, I was just, and I started thinking about him. And he told me so many sob stories about his life that I was, like, I'm adding to the sob stories. And, you know, I mean, right. I was like, you know, I reached out to him and I said, he'll never do this to me again. And I'm thinking, well, it's been a year. He hasn't been cheating on me. He's like, no, no, of course not. But he's like, he never really apologized, which I thought was weird. Like, right. you know what I mean? So he never so, took responsibility? Right. So I took him back. So I took him back. Yeah. So then, then how was know, it then, yeah, when you guys got back together? Well, you know, it was like, so we had three more years left in this in this nightmare and so but I didn't realize it at the time like I had always felt this vague sense of unease but I could never put my finger on it but he was always like very keen on letting me know like you know it's you're not happy with your family or you know this that everything in between so you know for a while it was okay we, we kind of felt like a normal couple but then you made this front I'm assuming yeah. are you living together at this point Oh, yeah, we, oh, yeah, we started living together. I forgot about that part. So, you know, finally I said, well, you know, we're dating for like over three years. And I'm like, in my 30s, I'm like, you know, I'd like to get married at some point. I'd like to have a family. Right. And he goes, well, I need to live with someone before marriage. And I said, okay, well, I'm not really totally bought, like sold on that. But, you know, I own my place. It's pretty nice. And I thought, well, why are we paying for two places? Right. So I said, all right, you can move into my place, John. But I want to commit with, with like, you know, we can try this out. But within six months to a year, I would like to, you know, that's enough time for you to realize if we're, you know, compatible. And he said, sure, sure. Yeah. Six months goes by, a year goes by. And I said, you know, now I'm 30, 32. So this, the whole time, like, he starts, like, going on these vacations without me. He, like, made this friend that's really weird. He's like, oh, I never had this friend. You know, I never had a lot of guy friends. Now I have one. And it was, like, weird. Like, he went to this very high-end um, society event in New York City at, at the Plaza Hotel, or the Waldorf Astoria. And I said, well, don't you want to date? And he's like, no, no, you know. And I, I got to tell you, the whole time, he's like, 
getting he's a fundraiser and he's somehow like got this like the only billionaire in our town to like donate all this money to this project he's doing i mean he's not just hoodwinked me he also hoodwinked my church so he came to my church yeah he came to our church and we have this festival every year it's an irish festival because we're an irish church and he decided to take it over because he thought it needed a revamp which it did and so he took it over and they raised like fifty thousand more dollars everyone loves him he's a knight he's knighted in the church Oh my gosh! I don't even, wait, what does that even mean? Like Knights of Columbus? You, it's like a, just an honorary term, like okay. it's a Knight of St. Patrick Church. Sure. Uh, whatever it is, you know. Um, so he becomes knighted in the church. He's in the paper all the time. Like people are buying his story, and th- this is like when a- my friend you know, Ashley's like, this is like when it gets very counted Mr. Ripley, and I finally watched that movie, <laughs> and I was shaking because. Oh it, wow! Is that is he like a psychopath in the movie? Or? Oh, I've never seen it. Yeah. Oh, Ashley, no, by the it. way, is our yeah. mutual friend. That's all right. I should, mm-hmm. I'm, yeah. Should we it's, do, it's, that, should like, be required he, watching for all ghosts and stories. Yeah. Let's do it. Let's go. Let's go. Mm. Totally. Um, I mean, he made up this whole story. It was just, like, ridiculous. So, wow. he's hoodwinked everyone at this point. But, like, people start catching on. Like, you know, certain people, I noticed, like, certain friends stop calling us. And more friends, you know, and I remember when I moved back to this town, I had so many friends. And I had, you know... But, like, no one wants to be around him, or he just thought he was too good for everyone. And so I, I lose all my friends, too. But he's also kind of feeding me lines, like, oh, you know, this person's not great, this person's not. Yeah. So, I don't know. Like, I start to shrink. And then he, like, says mean things about my family. I start to believe him. This is where, like, I have a lot of guilt. Um, yeah. I had to, you know, in addition to, like, waking up from the nightmare, I had to go on an apology tour, basically, after this was all done. Yeah. Which is part of that's like, what they do. They turn yeah. everyone in your life against you. So yeah, they yeah. and he control you. Yeah, yeah. like so, I had old friends. He goes, "Oh, this guy owes me money, five hundred dollars. He wasn't paying me." Like all this kind of stuff. And so he's going on these trips without me. And um, who was the friend that he had? Like, where did that guy come oh, from? This guy is just a weirdo in our town. And um, I don't know. I think this guy is secretly gay. I know he is. And yeah, I think my actually, I think John is like bi, um, and there's proof I learned later that he is. Interesting. Uh, so yeah, I think that he goes both ways, and I think that this guy was like closeted and just very insecure, and he kind of you know, I mean, he preys on the weak. Yeah. Do you think and that he, he slept with this guy like it was an affair or or this, cheating yeah, well, or whatever? Actually, I don't know. Well, ironically, my I have a friend in town who dated this other guy. We'll just call him Mark. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll call him Mark, the friend, and my friend dated him, and she said, like, weird, you know, like, stuff that a guy that wants to be with a woman doesn't do, like, he never wanted to have sex, and he mm-hmm. could never finish with her, mm-hmm. and, um, you know, like, when gay marriage was getting, you know, passed, like, Domo was getting struck down, he was, like, irate, like, he was so upset, like, she's, like, he couldn't even sleep at night, because usually, that's, like, not normal, you know what I, I mean? Know. Like, right. there's some, like, self-loathing there, and so, yeah, he couldn't come out, because he comes from a very religious family, and... He was very, you know, family oriented with them and they would probably disown him. So in some ways right. I have a level of sympathy for him, but he's such a scumbag that they don't. Right. So I think <laughs> he, that he had it. like a secret. <laughs> this is like where it gets so twisted. And this is where the talented Mr. Ripley comes in because in that movie, there's a homoerotic, you know, thing going on there. Mm. So I think that he had um, feelings for him. And I remember my friend said, oh, he loves John. He thinks John is, you know, every time I bring up John, he's, oh, John's so great. Like, you know, kind of weird stuff going on there. And they're taking a lot of trips together. But strangely enough, I start to justify it because I'm actually relieved when he's gone from the house. Ah. I like when he's gone. Yeah. Again, the same relief would come over me. I would stay home, and he was such a pig. Like, 
know, he just never kept any promises. Like, he wouldn't help with anything around the house. And, you know, just so messy. But then he, he also gaslighted me. He goes, well, you're so... And hey, I am a neat neck. I, I like to be clean. You know, I'm, very, I'm a little anal, I admit it. But he goes, you're such a neat neck and blah, blah, blah. So I believe, oh, my God, no. And, you know, the whole time he's like, you know, no one's going to put up with that. Like, like I, you're lucky to have me. And I go, all right, I am. Oh, wow. And, you know, right, right when I was getting to the end of my line, like, flowers would be delivered to work. Now, he never did anything private. Right. I noticed that looking back. The flowers would always have to come to work on, like, a random Tuesday. And right. I have to walk through the building. And all 5,000 employees are watching me walk around. And, oh, my God, you're the best hey, boyfriend. The best. Yeah, mm-hmm. Did, did you yeah, ever... he was really good at giving gifts. Mm-hmm. That well, that was going to be my question. It, it, if could you, looking back, articulate or put your like, were there things that you were like, okay, well, you know what, this was good, this was good, this was good, and I'm, I mean, good in quotations in terms of like that were keeping you going. Like, mm-hmm. was it was it mostly just like sort of gifts and gestures? Was it like you said he didn't necessarily clean up, but would he randomly be like? Well, I'm going to help you fix this or do this errand. Like, what were the, were there any things that you were pointing to and holding on to of like, well, you know what? Yeah, this is happening. He does this. Well, we would have like weekends where we'd go somewhere and you know you'd plan it, and it was like in the fantasy phase again, and right. that yes. was cool. Or like he would just say things like, oh, you know, you're so pretty, or I'd make some things like such a great cook, and you're you know, sure. and he would always like kind of they call it like future faking. Um, he'd always talk about our wedding, but uh, we could never talk about our marriage. <laughs> uh, so, like, yeah, like the wedding, he was like, oh, we're going to have fireworks and like a ship's going to pull up. And that, yeah, like he was so like over the top. And I guess like my own vanity kind of liked it, you know, because that's kind of, of course, been a regular yeah. person. And you felt like you're dating like almost like Superman sometimes. Like, yeah. you know, and he was like, you know, everyone in the church loved him, which actually they didn't when I found out later. But it seemed like he was just, like, on top of the world. Like, he was sure. able, you know. And he, larger than life like, sort of guy. Yeah, like, he was. He was, like, a larger than life character. Even though, like, looking back, you know, he always, like, talk about, like, his great pedigree. But, like, ironically, and I never did. Like, okay, so, you know, my parents were doctors. I went to Ivy League school. But, like, I just didn't really, you know, he, he told me, you got to play that up more. you got to play that up more, Jen. Um, but he would always talk like he had this great background, but actually he went to community college. <laughs> and then mm-hmm. he, like, got horrible grades at his state school. Right. And, like. Yeah, it was just, like, funny because it didn't add up. And, like, he didn't have, like, family money like his body did. And, you know, like, I, you know, I don't know. He would be mad at my parents because, you know, they need to spend more. Like, they're pretty happy the way they are. Like, they like giving money to, like, charities and, like, living a simple life. You know what I mean? Just, right. Or, like, my my uncle, he was fascinated by my uncle because he's a self-made millionaire, like, son of immigrants. And he's, like, you know, he gave all his money to school, but he didn't put his name on a building. And I'm, like, he doesn't care about stuff yeah, like that, you know? he doesn't posture. He doesn't want to, like. No. So he was just fascinated with, like, money. I remember, and I remember talking, like, and that's when I started to feel dead inside. Because, like, I was, like, I used to have conversations about, like, you know, life and, like, spirituality. And it just, we just talk about money. And he was so creepy. Like, he knew where all the wealthy people at my company lived. Like, he, he would Google everyone's address. That and, like, so he's like, oh, yeah, so-and-so lives here. Yeah, it's creepy. But he, like, could justify it. And he's like, well, I need to know this as a fundraiser. I'm like, all right. But, you, you know, like, now looking. <laughs> yeah, but what, what kept me going? Um, a lot of it was, you know, it reminds me of when I used to go fishing with my grandpa as a kid. You know, if you had a hard fish, you would give it some slack and then you'd reel it in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he would, right when he knew I was pulling away, he would, something would come out of the woodworks and it would make me like remember our early days all over again. And then the other thing was just the fear of starting over. I didn't want yeah, to go out and date again in the 30s in so my town. Real. There's super not a lot real. of guys. Yeah, super real. Yeah. And I was scared of starting over and... I felt like it was like that whole sunk time theory. I'm like, I have five years in this relationship. I'll be, and I'm someone like, I'm stubborn and it's great when it comes to like, 
getting things done and I'm starting a business and another one. And like, you know, I never, like, I see everything through, but sometimes I see bad things through and this is yes, one of them. Right. Cause you're like, I'm going to figure out how to make this work. Like I didn't fucking, yeah. Yeah. There's good yeah. here. I didn't do this for nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So then, so, so you're living together. Things are escalating. He's going on trips with this other mm-hmm. guy. He's not inviting you to social events. And then. Right. How did it start? I stopped going to social events, though. I, I stopped going to these events because I told him, I say I feel very lonely when I go to them. You, you just, I never see you the whole night. I just have very shallow conversations. And I actually got to the point where I was staying home a lot by myself. Okay. But I was okay with it, actually. And at this point, I'm cut off from a lot of friends. Um, you stop, you know, you just, I don't know. I just was kind of retreating into myself. Uh, I remember being very lonely and um, just, I couldn't put my finger on everything that was going on. So he kind of convinces me at this time that what's going wrong with my life is um, I should have gone to business school and I would be better off working at a better company that was more deserving of my talents. So I start looking um, at this point, I'm achieving a very like important designation in my industry and I'm almost done with it. And so I started applying to other jobs um, in Boston because I think this is my problem. And I thought, well, he'll come with me to Boston and maybe we could, this will be better for both of us. So I start bringing, you know, I get an interview from a company in Boston. I said, oh, you want to move? And, he does it, you know, it's like he, he like just evades the topic. And so as time, you know, like, so things are starting and I'm really, this is when I start to like self-deteriorate a little bit. I start talking to a counselor. Um, I just, I, I just, I felt like everything was wrong in my life except for him. Mm-hmm. It was crazy. Oh, so it's you like actually denial. didn't even point. So you were thinking like he's the only sort of like rock I can lean on right now. He's the only mm-hmm. good thing I have happening. Wow. Yeah, because mm-hmm. he had sneakily yeah. set that up for you to make yeah. you believe that. It's, exactly. Yeah. He gaslit me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. he was gaslighting me, and he would always tell me I overreact. That was his favorite thing. I overreact and I have a bad temper, which was like complete projection. Yes. I'm actually, yes. I'm a very passionate person, but I'm very, like, you know, and I remember one time I told, like, I would tell him things, like, and I remember how mad he would get. There was still, like, the old feisty Jen in there. Like, there was still me underneath all this. And I remember one time, I said, okay, so we're having another argument. Here's what I'm going to do to work on the relationship. What the hell are you going to do? I said, you never seem to have to do anything. Oh, he would just leave, and I wouldn't hear from him for days. Wow. I don't know where for he went. days? Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and that's crazy. And then one time, I remember, he was always late for everything, and I got sick of it, and we were late to everything. And I go, I guess your time is just so much more important than everyone else's. Oh, he did not. I remember how mad he got. Because they're still, I was still there. You know what I mean? Even though right. buried under all this. So, I don't know. So, we're getting toward the end now. And I'm having, um, so, oh, so this is important. So, I go back to my college reunion, my 10 year. And um, I see all my wonderful friends. And he's, and I went he's with you? Mm-hmm. No, he was um, doing his own trip, actually. Oh, which was, And course. I'll tell you what I found out about this trip later. Oh, God. So, is your you know, school in your reunion. town or is it you had to travel? Nope. New York City, baby. Oh, nice. I don't remember, I'm going to say it right now because it's the best. Barnard College, all women's, you know. This is like, this is the kind of person I was, though. You know, yeah. this is crazy. Like, you know, all women's college. I loved it. You know, I was all, you know. So I go back and I felt like, I remember I started, I walked around it and I just thought, well, I'm just emotional because I'm an emotional person. I started crying because I remember who I was. <sighs> And I had all my old friends there, and I remember I said, I don't ever want to leave here. You know, we were just having fun. Yeah, I remember just, I was like, I I remembered, like, the girl, like, like, remember you used to, you know, you were just, it's such a great sense of humor. Like, on finals week, you would somehow, like, I had this trick, I could get candy out of the vending machine with a wire hook, (laughs) and I would give candy to the whole hall. And I remember, like, I was like, yeah, I said, I used to have so much fun. You know, like, I was so much fun back then, and I had so many friends, and everybody, like, 
we had so many, I remember just laughing all the time and everything. And I just felt like when I left, I didn't, you know, and I was leaving with my friends and everyone was hugging and we got to stay in touch better. And, you know, we're Mm. all going back to our cities. And I just remember like feeling crestfallen. And so he calls me when I'm taking the train home and, uh, you know, and he's convincing me that it's because I just miss living in a big city and everything. So I'm thinking, you know, telling my parents, well, I'm going to apply for jobs out of town. My mom's like, this is a bad idea. You know, she just right. sensed it. So I write, so this is just like, so I'll just get to the, the, the end of my relationship. Um, my mom has a very famous, kind of a famous author friend that she met in college. And her, this woman is Lois Frankel. And she wrote the book, Nice Girls Don't Get the Corner Office. Okay. Oh. And she was in town. Yeah. Read that book. She, nice. Good one. Yeah. Okay. So Lois was staying with us. And, um, you know, we were talking, she was talking to me about why do you want to leave your job? And I'm telling her, and she's kind of like, I don't think that's the right move for you, you know? And mm-hmm. I was like, I think it is. And, you know, and so she meets John. And I could tell, like, immediately, like, she, because she's a psychologist by training. Uh-huh. It was not. It was not good. Wow. And um, and he sensed it. And I noticed, like, anytime someone knew who he was, because my aunt thought he was a psychopath. Um, and she's very perceptive. She he did not like her. Anytime she was in town from North Carolina, he would not get together with the family. He has busy. So because um, psychopaths psychopaths are born that way, not right. made. Right. Yeah. Whereas sociopaths well, can be sort of they develop that based on experience or is it the opposite? Or? I thought they're all just born that way. I thought really? it was just like British people say psychopath and Americans say sociopath. I think there's nuance different or you tell us Jen. Yeah. Well, We're making stuff I've up read, read a lot about it. The thing is sociopaths. Um, I'm not scared of them. They're usually the people like on walking around the streets, like talking to them, like when we're, t- they're eccentric. The thing about a psychopath that's scary is they can blend into normal society very easily. And in fact, they're often your CEOs, your little league coaches, mm-hmm. um, they're profoundly sick, and if you do a brain scan of their brains, um, when you show them a picture of a person, like a certain part of our brains will light up um, that's like person. The same part of their brain that lights up is actually when you show them a picture of a thing, like a TV, oh. and which is, makes it why it's so very easy for them to discard people like an old TV. Wow. Yeah, a sociopath, I guess, I mean, the, the terms are used interchangeably, I think, but the sociopaths tend to be more of like, oh, that guy's crazy. Whereas a, a psychopath is often like, he's a great guy. I, I always say like, people go, aren't you scared walking to work in the inner city, Amanda? I said, nope, not scared of not scared of the guys, you know, in the hoodie. I'm scared of the guy in the suit that yeah. tries to romance yeah. me. Yeah. Amen. That's what I'm scared Amen. of. Yeah. So, so he, anyways, so, right. So he was ahead. upset no, when people see. were identifying him, and yeah. then. And so yeah. he meets your um, friend. No one in my family likes him. Mm-hmm. No one tells me, though. None of my friends like him, but no one tells me. Um, mm-hmm. I do have one aunt, though, I'm very close with. She's an empath, and she came into town, and I was telling her all my troubles. And she goes, you know what? I'm going to pray for you every day about this, every day. And as soon as she actually started doing that, everything changed wow. because I was putting up with so much. And, you know, Lois was in town, and so, you know, he decides to leave. He, he didn't want to be around her because she saw through him immediately. Right, right. So we come home that night, and it's right before 4th of July, and I'm taking a shower, and I go, well, what are, what are we going to do for 4th of July? And he goes, actually, I'm going out of town with Matt. And I, I remember oh, being God. in the shower, and I like, stopped washing my hair, and this is like the straw that broke the camel's back, and I lost it. I started crying, and I go, you know, and I remember I just I had fell into the shower. I couldn't, it's like I couldn't even stand. And I go, I can't do this anymore. I was like heaving. And I say, and I got out, and we, and I told him, I said, you know what, I can't do this anymore. I'm like, you're never going to commit, are you? And he goes, I don't know why I can't. 
And I said, but you're not, right? And he's like, well, I don't. And I said, you know, I was like, you know what? This is it. This is the last night in my bed. You're out of here. I'm like, I was like, I've put everything into this. And I said, I can't. But he, I remember he goes, you're overreacting. You're overreacting over and over again. But something inside me said, I'm not. I break up with him. And I said, you need, and I said, I don't care where you go. At this point, like, I had finally rekindled myself. I said, you need to get out. And I'll give you your stuff later. And so I break up with him. And I remember feeling very scared, but there, I remember waking up and coming home and he wasn't there. And I was like happy. It was like, and so I have three days where I'm, I'm breaking up and I tell my family and everyone is like breathing a sigh of relief. So they were like, and so, finally, or what was their reaction? Yeah, yeah, they were, um, no one really said anything at first. They let me have my peace, you know? Um, but I, like these three days, um, people start coming up to me and saying, well, you know, I saw him out with so-and-so and, didn't look right or he was coming on heavy to so-and-so at that event you didn't go to these are friends of yours or acquaintances or co-workers acquaintances you know um things like that so i start getting that funny feeling again and so his car so oh here's another great part so he has two cars one is his jetta and the other one um it's a car my family sold him for next to nothing. So my grandpa passed away, and I was very, very close to my grandfather. Uh-huh. And um, I even gave the eulogy at the funeral. And he had a uh, Mercedes convertible. And the family it was sitting in that, you know, storage, and we wanted to sell it. And he expressed interest in buying it. Well, my aunt wanted it, too. And this is like, it had, like, not even, it had brand-new tires, like, not a lot of miles. So my family's like, let's just give it to him for, like, $5,000. Mm-hmm. So he takes the Mercedes from us for five thousand dollars. It was worth like twenty. Wow. My parent, my parents thought it was nice to keep it in the family. So he takes the Mercedes on his trip, and he leaves his Jetta here. And something inside of me is like, I don't know. I feel like I need to look through that car. So I remember I have I ride horses, and I came home from a lesson, and uh, he had just yeah he was he had just been there that day. So oh, this, this, was, this, this was when, mm-hmm. so you guys were still together. You hadn't broken up yet when you're looking no, through his I car. had broken up at this point. Oh, you three had, days later. You broke mm-hmm. up with him. His car's there, yeah. though, because he hasn't claimed all of his stuff yet. Okay. No, so, it's so. just still in my house. So I felt like, okay, I'm going to go through the car because I don't know. Like, I don't know why. I just felt like you a, a gravitational instinct. pull. You knew. You had, it was your lady instinct. Yeah. Yes. It's, it all goes back to gut instinct, which right. has been, like, the great lesson of this, and it's really helped my life in, like, a million ways. There's been a lot of gifts from this, a lot. So, uh, and that's later. So I go, I go into the car, and I'm like, Jen, this is dumb. Get this out. You know, get, get out of here. And so I'm like, oh, I'll just look through the trunk. So I open the trunk, and it's just junk. And I'm just looking. Lots of plastic bags. Look how are all these plastic bags. I open them, and I find dozens of used condoms. <gasps> I find two bottles of lubes. Oh and um, and then I find a morning after pill that's been used. Oh my god! That's yeah. Why at this do you point, think um, he saved used condoms. What do you think? Why does he save text messages from an affair a year and a half ago? It's like True. it's almost like a cat has to piss on its territory, and he's a pig. Um, I think he's probably having sex in his car. Um, so at this oh point, god. honestly, um, I'm weak. I have to. I actually thought I was, I was going to lose everything in my in my bowels i have to actually sit on my i i have to sit on my parking lot in my riding boots in my swimming with the horse yeah i sit there and i'm like yeah so then i like walk like a zombie back into the house and his credit card statements are out he's how dumb he is though like he's profoundly (laughs) stupid right um he's lucky that i had such a trusting nature 
I start, I open the credit cards. So, um, the weekend that I was at my reunion, um, then I, my father and I took a trip together. Um, over to, we had French exchange students growing up. We went to see them. He was invited, but he did. He couldn't. He couldn't go. He couldn't afford it. Which this was very ironic. Um, every time that we weren't together, he, there were like charges for like fancy restaurants in Philadelphia, um, in DC, hotels, um, seven thousand dollars charged on his credit card. Wow. And this is the killer. So flowers were sent to DC on a Tuesday. On a Wednesday, more flowers were sent to Philadelphia, and then on Friday, I he got flowers sent to me in my town. So three different women, three different bouquets of flowers. Yeah. Oh my god. I was actually mad because I got the cheapest one. Like, <laughs> 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 yeah. So at this point, like, and I was like, oh my god. Um, so I texted my dad. He's like, you know, he and I are very close. And I said he was cheating on me, and my dad's like that bastard. And I'm coming over tomorrow. Well, at this point, I can't even process reality. Sure. I opened an entire. I opened. A, I'm not. I'll be very honest. I opened a Magnum bottle of wine, and oh, I drank the yeah. whole thing that night. Good for you. Do what you got to do. I do. No, that just I mean on it was dangerous. Tuesday when I'm happy. So. That's a lot, though. It is true. I'm having wine right now. So I go. <laughs> Us too. We're to talk about this. I'm yeah. Wine too. Yay. Uh, All so- the and yeah, so was he, his stuff was still all at your, the house yes. that you guys shared, and you don't know where yep. he went. He just went somewhere. Um, he was in Philadelphia um, for work or whatever, I don't know, but um, yeah. clearly he had someone there. And I text him the pictures of all the stuff, mm-hmm. and I say, I know. And then I was like, you're the worst person. And I said, you know, and I remember, I said, you know what? I remember thinking, even in my delirium, my drunken delirium, I said, you know what? He's, he, he got one over on me, but I have the most precious jewel of all. His reputation is in my hands. Yes. And I said, you know what? I kept I kept quiet the first time. I say, everyone will know this. Yes. They will know it down to the last detail. And I will be keeping these credit card, credit card statements. Yes, girl. So, um, you know, at this point, I have a good friend at, that at that night. And he took my call. Uh, and he, he talked. Oh, sorry. My boyfriend's trying to call me. Um, I have a new boyfriend now. He's not a psychopath. Oh, good. Um, Yay, I'm so happy for you. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, um, so, yeah, I, I went to bed. Like, I just, I don't know. I remember just, I remember, like, really hating myself. And I was mad at myself, like, for what I had done and how blind I had been. But I have, like, a pretty strong faith. And I felt like even in that dark moment, something was telling me, you're, you're going to meet the right person. It's going to yeah. be okay. Um, yeah. So my dad comes over the next day. And he's like not really like emotional. Like I feel like I sucked all the emotion of everyone in my family because they're all like scientific and you know. So I'm a mess. And he just kind of quietly goes about changing the locks on my door. Good dad. And we take all of his stuff and we put it in my garage. And my dad, you know, we're just carrying boxes of stuff down. And he had left. Um, my parents have a condo by the lake, and he had been kind of like keeping stuff there too. And so my dad has to like go get all this stuff. And um, it's just horrible. I start telling friends, and everyone's reaching out to me. I, it was it was it was a horrible weekend. I mean, I just I don't know. In the aftermath of this, I lost like 15 pounds in a month. Wow. Yeah, I'm not overweight either. I couldn't eat. Uh, it was it was really rough. Yeah, and so the thing that was the worst though, so I thought this was like my worst point. I thought surely it can't get any worse. And, and you haven't like did he respond to those messages that you sent him saying no. like I know? Wow. So he, he just went to Philadelphia no. and disappeared basically. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you didn't mm-hmm. hear from so him for I a while. Him, yeah. Um, all weekend, I sent his mother an email that says, your son needs help. And I sent her all the pictures. Wow. And I say, thanks for making me, you know, 
And I said, yeah, Brad is actually like very composed. And I said, you know what? He needs help. And I said, you know what? You know, you two tried your best to like, you know, get one on me. And, you know, I said, I will move on to a happy life. I can guarantee it. He won't. And I said, yes. yeah. and I, you know, and she, she actually wrote back and at first she was like, Oh, I feel so bad for you. But then she's like, trying to justify well he's in Philadelphia visiting cousins and she tried to like do it all Cover over again for him? you're say, like you're like lady mm-hmm. yeah and I said you know what it's not just about I this said, weekend yeah I said I know he's you know and I knew at this point so the counselor like um I knew he was it's funny like right after I broke up with him the day after I went to my counselor and he's like oh I knew he was you know narcissistic personality disorder psychopath ever since and I said really and so I remember, like, getting back in my home, and I was like, wow, the monster's out of here. It felt like the place, like, an evil had been swept out. Oh, wow. The next day is Monday. I go to work. I don't know how I made it through work. Um, I, I texted him. I said, you better come get your stuff. I'm going to throw it all out. Nice. And also, you owe me $100 because I have to go get an STD test, and I'm on a high deductible health plan. Oh, my God. Yeah, such a good point. Seriously. He was that like, yeah, that wouldn't have even occurred to even me. Even though I actually went to the Department of Health and did it for free. But whatever. He doesn't need to know that. He can uh, give you a hundred dollars. So, um, I hear nothing from him, and nothing from him. I get a call from an unfamiliar number. It's a local mover in town, and they're going to come get his stuff. And I said, not without the hundred dollars. He owes me a hundred dollars. Um, he actually worked right by me, and so he put. He, he didn't even have the courtesy of giving me a new envelope. He had an envelope that was addressed to him. He crossed his name out and put my name on with a hundred dollars in there. Oh so I went and got the hundred dollars. Yeah, I got the hundred dollars. Um, and then, so I come home, and I go get the mail, and there's another credit card statement that's his. I open it up, more of the same. Um, there was he was going out with someone in my town. Um, it was his intern actually at his <gasps> that he had, and I knew her. Um, so he had a girlfriend in Philadelphia, and then he had one in D.C., and then he had one in in a town that I knew too. Wow. Because there were charges for wineries. He's like, I'm gonna visit my grandma, and like all lies. Um, Comfortingly, though, the last charge on that credit card was for mental health services. Oh, that's interesting. So, anyway, so I'm, I'm looking there. It's so, like there are more evidence of the cheating, and the mover shows up, and all the stuff is in my garage, and they start taking all the stuff out, and they take all the stuff out, and um, and it's all gone, and I come up to my, you know, my, my place alone, and um, my sister was in town, so she had me over, and she, and like her, you know, her husband's like, oh, thank God, I hated him. I didn't want to spend holidays with him for the rest of my life. I mean, and she's actually kind of usually nasty to me. Like, she's really not that nice. She's like really nice to me. And, you know, and so I come home, you know, alone after, and I start texting him, and I said, you're a piece of shit, and you're such a coward. He had blocked me on his phone, uh-huh. and that was the end of their relationship. That was it? And that's that was the ghosting. Yeah, I never heard from him. So you never, from the time then that you were like, I know, you never heard from mm-hmm. him through all of that? No. Wow. He just moved on. That's insane. And that was actually the hardest part. Uh, the cheating, like, to, just think that you could be with someone. I mean, we had an engagement ring picked out at this wow. point. It was sitting in the store. Yeah. Do you? And so it was... Yeah. So he left mm-hmm. the town that you guys lived in. He No, just... he's still here, actually. So what? he actually, yeah, he's so creepy that he actually got a parking spot at my company um, because he could wink that billionaire. The billionaire is actually the chairman of the board of my company. Oh. And so he granted him a special parking spot. So he's actually right across the street from me. So I start stalking <gasps> his car. I'm doing everything you're not supposed to do. And I see him at one point. And um, actually, well, my, my friend who I called in the middle of the night has a, a business like two two stores down from him. And I see him walk out of work, and I start running after him in my heels. I'm like, you're tra- I mean, I look like a crazy person. And I kind of catch up to him in my high heels. My feet are almost bleeding. 
and he goes, he doesn't look at me. He goes, I have nothing to say to you. Oh and he, my gets in my, and he, he gets into my grandfather's car. <gasps> he sells the fucking car? He sells the he, car. He sells my grandpa's car. Oh. And so he drives it around all summer. And my and I'm so mad about this because my grandpa, like, was, and I were so close. And he took it like a car from the family. Oh and we God. gave it to him for, like, yeah, he just drives away. It was like, it was like, I mean, it was like kind of a movie. It was just, you know, so I'm like, I'm kind of a mess, but in the same time, I'm also like, but I come back to my faith. Like, I, all my friends, like, I make all my friends again. Like, people were so wonderful. This was like the silver lining. I mean, he, we had a newspaper delivery together, like, um, and he like actually stopped it to my home and the day he and I, I remember like I opened the door there's no newspaper and I'm like he, he I don't even get to keep the fucking newspaper oh. but in its place are flowers like people sent me flowers oh, like so you know sweet. and yeah and like it was um it was pretty incredible I mean looking back like well I also um reconnect it, it, I feel like I don't know how to put this but I had had a, a fling with a, a, a guy he's an artist um, and we hadn't talked in a while. And he was like, he's like the coolest, nicest person over me. Like, he's just so chill. Um, and he reached out to me. He goes, hey, you've been on my mind lately. Like, how are you? So he must have heard about my breakup. He goes, what breakup? And so we start talking. And he's also very religious, like Christian. And we start, uh-huh. you know, kind of getting together. So we're, we're kind of having our little fling, you know. And he helped me heal. And he had been going through a really bad breakup, again, where um, it was it was very wrong in a lot of levels. So we start hanging out. We go on these like epic canoe rides, and he shows me like birds, and we start seeing like I don't. I just can't put it. But it was like kind of a magical time too, um, and it's really crazy. And I knew I didn't want to stay with him long term, but you know it was really hard to process all this. Yeah, that's someone it's to nice. process it with, yeah. and just like a good distraction when you're on the same page. Good friend. Just someone there to like ease that like transition. Totally. Yeah, yeah, and he's still a very dear friend for me, and he made me this beautiful card because he's an artist, and he said friends help each other roll through hard times. Now you know everyone's like of course trying to hook me up with somebody else and I said I need some time you know yeah. um but I also was like not gonna take too much time because I would like to have a family and so I had an old friend actually um a very dear friend I mean do you want to go into this do you want to go into this ghost like do you want to have a happy ending or do we want to end here no do a happy ending girl yeah. give it to us okay I'll be quick if you need me to wrap it up no, but um so I have this old friend um and people my friends are all like you know you two be great together you have the same sense of humor and so, you know, I see him out a lot in the summer, and we start, you know, hanging out and everything. And, um, you know, finally we start, we go on our, kind of our first, well, you know, we start, like, talking a lot more and just seeing each other. And he was kind of shy. Um, he kind of needed, he, we, we met at the right time. He had just lost a lot of weight. His confidence was back. I had gone, you know, I had gotten out of this and everything. So um, we kind of, you know, a couple months later we started talking. So, we eventually like, do start dating, and it, we've been together for over a year now, and it's oh, a very good sweet. relationship. And everyone, yeah, everyone loves him, and we're probably going to get engaged soon. So it's a good story. Yeah, through, but I mean, it just feels like mutual friends. That's like the dream. Yeah, yeah. that's the dream. I know. And I mean, really, and like something else really crazy happened too during all this time. Like it just goes back. I have to my spiritual beliefs, and like things happen for reasons. And don't ever think like you know the worst time of your life could be playing the seeds for the best. So when I'm going through all this, um, it's very hard for me to be alone again, and I'm living alone, and I have a cat, and I never was, like, into animals that much, but I got this cat, and I didn't understand people who, like, were really into their pets, I thought that was kind of weird. Well, the cat, like, <laughs> used to be kind of annoying, but, like, he starts sleeping with me every night, and, like, he snuggles up to me, and, like, I actually learned later that a cat's purr is on a, it's on a hertz level that actually can heal a bone faster, and I'll wake up in the middle of the night, I feel like a crater's in my chest, and we just put himself over me and 
And I remember one day, I'm, I'm going to get very honest with you. I came home and I'm so devastated about this breakup. And I got into my garage and I said, I'd like to just leave the car on. I don't oh, want to go up. I don't want to deal with this anymore. Like, you know, and also, oh, by the way, my sister's getting married and she and I don't get along. Oh, so the week that the breakup happened was her bachelorette party. Oh, and I wasn't invited to it either because we're not close. Oh. So I'm like feeling like the worst person in the world. And I just remember saying, I don't want to go on. Yeah. I'm done. I don't want to do this. And I said, well, you have to feed your cat. So I went upstairs and oh, I fed him. And so that's what kept me going. Oh no, it gets better. God. So, yeah. So, <laughs> well, I'm already, so the deadline. I'm going to cry. Okay, keep going. Yeah. yeah. So, the deadline to get married. To, I told John that you have to Labor Day to propose to me. And so, on Labor Day, it was actually um, the day before Labor Day, it was my first date with my new boyfriend. We'll just call him, um, I don't know, Zach. David. Oh, Zach. Um, it was our first date. And I remember I came back and I was like so happy. So, I was very close like this cat was kind of like get me through the breakup a little bit because he was like the one thing that was home with me every day and like really saw me at my most ugly and my um my current boyfriend would visit his grandmother every week um he'd bring her flowers so she was in an alzheimer's unit she didn't even know his name but he would just go and talk to her and he really it was like, kind of the same thing like they're not really there but they are yeah. and so the week he started dating the day after labor day which was again the day that he was to propose to me I come home from work and my cat is on the floor gasping for life. And I rush him, yeah, I rush him to the vet and they're like, he has a heart condition. He's had it since he was born. And they're like, how old is he? I said, he's four years old. And they said, well, we've never seen a cat with this heart condition live beyond two. And, and so they, I call my parents and they come and they, we put him down. They have to give him three times the amount of medicine to put him down because his heart was so strong. They said, he's been staying alive. And they didn't know my story. They go, what was keeping him alive? Oh my and I knew. God. Yeah. And so the same week that this happened, Shit. my boyfriend, my boyfriend's grandma right dies. Like, my boyfriend's grandma God. dies the same week. Oh my yep, God. The same week. And I always say like, I said, Zach, they were staying alive until we found each other until they knew we were going to be okay. Yeah. That's this was so like, sweet. this was the, the craziest thing and it's just like all these things in my life that happened um yeah and so like i really feel it was funny because my nickname for him was always like little angel and i was like hi little angel hi little angel and i really look back now and like he was an angel like i think the angels can come in all kinds of ways they can be a stranger on the subway they can be an animal they can be anybody so even though i went through this horrible time i really felt like a very strong presence of something bigger than me around me and yeah. you know it was crazy and then like you know a couple of days later my boyfriend's grandmother passed over and he was really upset about it you know because that was his ritual like he would go even though she didn't you know she wasn't there she's only there in physical form like he just loved her so much and yeah. so it was kind of weird like you know the same week that we started dating and everything so it has a happy ending and there was a lot of gifts i got from like dating a psychopath like I was very scared to do stuff before, and I feel like I lived through, like, kind of my worst nightmare. Like, like you know, being betrayed by someone like that or, like, getting a very serious illness are my worst nightmares. So, like, I feel like I lived through one. So, like, I've had the courage to start a business, and I've had the courage to do a lot of new things in my life. Um, I traveled alone to Peru for 10 days, oh, and right. I did that. And, yeah, it's made me a very fearless person, and it's made me a more compassionate person. And I, I have been able to help people because I've been through this. So, it has... Mm -hmm. In many ways, I'm very grateful for the experience. He's still in town. Um, I have seen him from afar, and it doesn't bother me as much anymore, really. I mean, still, I have to run away, kind of, but That's um, he, he's everybody knows he's a bad person. Like, the only people that like him are equally, like, scumbags. And, right. you know, 
the most beautiful thing you have in your life is like your family, your friends, your love, and your reputation. And if you lose your reputation, you can't get it back, really. So yeah, yeah. And you know, I'm, I have my own happy life, and you know, I'm very appreciative of of everybody I have in it. And when you get into a normal relationship again, like you know, like stuff that would bother me before it doesn't. So it has a good ending. It does. Do you do you okay? So. I understand, or tell me how much you do or do not want to talk about this. You are a writer, and you've, I understand, mm-hmm. in some capacities, written about your experience. Is that correct? Yeah. And mm-hmm. I had a blog. Mm-hmm. Do you, does he know that you do speak to your experience, like in you know, in the effort to help others? Has he at all communicated to you that – have you no. been in communication with him at all, even through no. other people? No. Um, I saw him once um, at an event, like shortly after the breakup, and it was a mistake for me to go to this event because I knew he'd be there. And I went up to him, and I said – all I said to him was, I really did love you, and I'm praying for you. And my friend pulled me away before I could say more. But he wouldn't even look at me. So I did have a blog. I took it down after a while because I was worried about, um, again, he's such a, I mean, like someone who looks at people's addresses and like, you know, like knows their net worth is like, so I was just worried. Um, so I took it down. But um, I have talked, you know, I, I talked to people one-on-one about this, like people who've, you know, just even like there's a 24-year-old girl I work with and she had a promising relationship and it went, you know, kaput. And so I talked to her. Um, I did actually almost have a story picked up by Marie Claire magazine about my experience. Uh, and they didn't, they actually, they wanted to run it, but their legal department said no, even though I was going to use fake names. Um, they said, do you have proof that he's a psychopath? Well, not really, but <laughs> he's Other an affidavit. that's the whole point. <laughs> yeah. So I didn't, I actually ended, I didn't end up doing it. So, you know, but, um, yeah, I just, you know, just if I can help somebody, like I had a friend going through a divorce and her husband kind of like just left. I mean, not like as dramatically as me, but you know, kind of moved on faster than he should have. And yeah, I understand. Right. I just, I always feel like I just feel like a cow put out to pasture. Like, yeah. you know, it's just really, you know, it's just a horrible feeling. Like to think that a human being can be that disposable. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, even like someone I don't like, like coworkers I don't like, I've given more of a formal goodbye to. So, right. right. You know. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you have a yeah, really that's my great ghosting story. <laughs> it's good one <laughs> it's a very you yeah so you you seem to have like a, such a great perspective on everything right now and definitely are always looking for the silver lining and stuff but how long did it take you to develop that um you know because I imagine right after you're pretty devastated sort of you know yeah. what helped you get to a place where you are now yeah well I'm a, I'm a very um stubborn son of a bitch and that was bad <laughs> in my relationship but it's also like I felt like I had this thing that he like took he took I remember, like, well, when I after I drank that bottle of wine, I was alone. I, I remember thinking he took so much from me. He's not going to take this because I dream of having my own child someday, and I dream of like, you know, being in a great relationship. And I said, he's not going to steal your dream. And I remember okay. I said that to myself, and I even wrote it down. He's not going to steal your dream, and I reflected on that. And you know, I, I also like I did um, something kind of radical with my healing. Um, there's a woman who does this quantum feeling freedom healing. And her name is Melanie Tony Evans. So for anyone who's ever been in, in a relationship with a psychopath, um, you can do her healing modules online. And they were huge for me. You kind of mm-hmm. like go to the root of your pain 
and you let it go and you let it go. And that was kind of cool for me because it did go, it was beyond him at that point. There was stuff earlier in my life and I sure. recognized it and I let it go. And I realized, you know, um, it didn't take me long because I got in a new relationship in three months. Now I was not totally healed and I probably should have waited longer. And I'm very grateful to my current boyfriend for being very patient with me. But I'm at a point in my life right now where I really don't talk about him that much. Um, you know, it's hard not to because you had five years together. And sure, oh, when did you when did you go to Sonoma Valley? Well, I didn't go by myself, you but, know. Yeah, of so, course, of course. You know, he was part of my life, but my current boyfriend is very understanding, and that's one of the reasons why I love him so much. He's beautiful heart, and so it didn't take me too long because I didn't want to stay there because yeah. I have had friends that like you know they, like my one friend was ghosted, and she's like dwelling on it like years later. And uh-huh. I was like, you know what? Like, life is unfair. But you know what, though? You will have to last last someday. And you're like, la- I got to tell you. So on Mother's Day, I don't know why, but I felt, like, really bad for him because I felt like he was really screwed up by his mom. And I have mm-hmm. such a really, I have, like, you know, my parents and I, like, we have, we don't always see eye to eye, but they are, like, really great people. And I owe a lot to them. And I was like, I feel really grateful that I have a family I do. And I actually, like, started to feel bad for him for the first time. So yeah. I felt really bad for him. So my current boyfriend and I decided to go fly a kite outside. It was really nice out. We go to the beach. And I had not seen John in many months. And we're flying the kite. And we're laughing and running around. And I said, oh, I forgot my sandals. I got to go get them. And I'm running with the kite. And who do I see walking by himself <gasps> on Mother's Day but John? Wow. Yeah. And it was, like, crazy. And I looked at him, and I... A part of me, like the old me, would have the Jen would want to run up and say, "Oh, I hate you! What did you do to me?" Uh, and I know he saw us, and I said, "This is the last laugh. Yeah, this is what amazing. it feels like." Yes. And honestly, I didn't really, I, I didn't really feel like this great sense of vindication. I just felt empty for him, and I was like, mm-hmm. and I looked at him, and I watched him walk, recede into the, the distance alone, and I just ran back to my boyfriend, and I laughed, and we flew our kite, and we joked. And it was like, this This is really what it's like. It's not, it doesn't have to be like, I ran your name through the mud. I didn't have to do that, you yeah. know? Like, let yeah. their actions, it, these people that do this, it's not normal. And I don't care if it's been a five-year relationship or you went on five great dates. A normal human being that cares about people doesn't do this to people. Yes. And I don't care how common it feels. It's not normal. And that is not the recipe for a good life. And you just have to keep on going because there are, you know, my current boyfriend, was single for a long time so there are people out there and there's plenty of them and you just have to you know recognize that you don't need to do anything else their life and the way it's going to you know pan out is their punishment right and you just go on yeah I, yeah I think that's so interesting you know first like congratulations on having an absolutely cinematic end to your yes. tale because oh my God, just the idea of you like with a kite with like a man that you love and then he's just walking alone it's just oh, it's so delicious Um, but yeah, but the second thing that you, that you, that you struck that I think is like really, really interesting is like how long people, and I'm going to say women will stay in a relationship that's not right because they're scared. There's Mm -hmm. nobody else out there. And that's the great irony because you aren't going to meet anybody else while you stay in a bad relationship because you can't be yourself. You're not making yourself happy. Mm -hmm. My tongue's small and like everyone gets married by like 30 or at least they met the guy. And I thought, oh my God, there's like, I had the scarcity mentality Right. But you know what? Like, you only need one. You don't need 100,000, like, available men in your town. And maybe, you know, you have to be open to a different story. Because I kind of had a story like, oh, I'll probably get married at this age and this will start a family. Right. But my story is, like, different now. And, in fact, if I can relate it to any story, it's sort of like Charlotte in Sex in the City who married, like, Trey, who, like, stuck up and had a weird relationship with his mom. And, like, my <laughs> boyfriend's a lot like Harry. He's, like, he's short. He's bald. You know? And, like, he's not he the guy I thought you. I would end he's up with. He's the sweetest guy in the whole show. Yes. Yeah. He's it like is. It's not the guy I thought I would end up with. Yeah. You know? Right. But, like, he's 
I've never been happier. And like, it just has to like, just stay open to a story that is not the one you thought you'd have, but maybe it's way better than the one you had. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. there's your story can go so many different ways. And like, you don't know who's out. I mean, staying in a bad relationship is like the worst thing. I mean, I wouldn't, I would rather be single. I mean, and that's why I have these friends. I said, you, you know, being single is not that bad. Like being oh. in the right bad relationship. I was, I was never more lonely than when I was in that relationship. Right. Yeah. I mean, I was lonely. I mean, I was cut off from everything. I was cut off from myself, you know, and most of all, I missed myself because I used to be joking yeah. and laughing and, yeah. and I used to be connected to God and like all that was like cut off. Like it was like being in solitary confinement. So you know, just stay open. And I know, like, I mean, my story is, like, rather dramatic, but I also remember, the, like, the sting of having that short-term relationship end. And there's nothing wrong with you. The only problem yeah. you have is that you're a good person that has a big heart. Yes. And you know what? Someone's going to come along that's going to just eat that up. Yes. You just stay You just stay who you are. Do not become cynical. Do not become bitter. Because a lot of my friends did that. And like, they're like, well, how did you find something so soon? Well, I said, you know what? I refuse to go down that path. You know, and I refuse. Like, it was unfair what I went through, and it was wrong. And he did steal from my family and he, you know, but you know what? Like, I can't fix that. It's in the past. Yeah, it happened. And, you know, and the karma is alive and well. It might yeah. not be right away. It's like everyone has to sit down to a banquet of consequences. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, you just keep being the loving person that you are. And there are, trust me, there are men out there that want that. Jen, I feel like I want to run into the streets <laughs> right now and just stand in the rain and like put my hands up in there and be like, Yes. Life. There I'm are. Here. Seriously, yeah. this is. It may such not be at the time you thought it would happen, story. or the age, or the guy, or the woman. I don't care what it is. Yeah. But you know what? It's out there for you, and yes. you have to keep putting your good vibes out there. Yes. Well, it's true, and it's like it. It is the true thing of like once you start working on yourself, or once you make yourself happy, like that is what will attract the right person. Yes. Because when you're trying yeah. to fit to a narrative that you were given when you were eight years old, or you're trying to be like everybody else in your, you know, neighborhood or friend group, it's like that right person for you won't be able to find you because you're trying to be someone else and yes. you're not living yeah. authentically yourself. And you know, and mm-hmm. it's amazing that you were able yeah. to go through this horrific experience and get back to yourself fast enough to meet Zach and, and to sort of start yeah. that relationship. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I loved it. I mean, when, just to be reacquainted with myself again, I was like, mm-hmm. oh, I love her. <laughs> I like, I was going to walk by myself. And I was like, I really missed you. Right. <laughs> I know, I would journal and everything. And I was like, and I remember like, I remember was like, my dad's like, you're going to be okay. Because like, I remember one time I was like, oh yeah, he got me this necklace. I said, it must have been a three for one special. He's like, I knew you were going to be okay when you could still joke about it. <laughs> yes. That is a good joke. That's good. Jen, thank you so yes. much for sharing yeah, your story and just guys. being so candid. Yeah, this was amazing. Thank you so much. You're so insightful and you're so kind to to share the story and hopefully it will yeah. help somebody who's sort of in a similar situation. I hope situation. so. Yeah, definitely. I really do. It makes me very happy to know that I can help somebody. Mm-hmm. That's the epitome. I feel like this is like just the uh, epitome of this podcast. This is the... I was going to say penultimate episode, but that doesn't mean what I think it means. No, nope. like that means we're ending last next episode. Week. But like, this is like the uh, just uh, quintessential episode here yeah. of like what we want of just, you know, having people listen and be like, yo, I'm okay. You're okay. We're all going to be okay. Yeah. <laughs> so okay. thank you, Jen, so much. And everyone listening, yeah, girls, you're the best. Uh, we will see you guys on next week's podcast. Yay. Boo. Boo.